All right. You, you excited to be in God's house, everybody? Yeah. All right. Good. A couple of you are. Awesome. Awesome. I, um, if, you're, if you're a guest, I want to introduce myself. My name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here. And on behalf of all of our staff and team, we are thrilled that you're spending your Sunday morning with us. Also want to give a shout out to anybody watching on Facebook Live or on the True Life Church live stream through our website or through the app. Come on, would you help me welcome anyone who's a guest this morning, everybody? We're so glad that you're here, and uh, we'd like to know that you're here. If you don't mind, before you leave this morning, maybe fill out a connection card. There are two receptacles in the lobby where you can drop that off, or you can hand it off at the info desk. And uh, all we want to do is just send you a letter that says, thanks for coming. We have a no-hassle guarantee, so nobody's going to show up at your house or do anything creepy. I promise. All right? We just want to say thank you for coming and and, um, tell you a little bit more about how to connect with the church. But uh, you kick the tires as long as you need to and and, um, figure out if this is the place for you. All right. uh, Before we go any further, I just want to provide some comfort and some counsel this morning. I realize... uh, I realize if you're an Eagles fan, you're hurting today. And that's my, that's my B team, all right? So I'm, I'm hurting with you. Uh, and then if you're a Ravens fan, you're really hurting today. I, I doubt any of you even came to church. You're probably watching online, holding a box of tissues and sobbing uncontrollably. And I understand, because that's what my team has done to me in the playoffs for the last decade. All right, so um, we feel your pain, uh, but on behalf of... Kansas City Chiefs fans everywhere, which is where I grew up, uh, we would love to invite you to our bandwagon because we're still alive. All right, we're going to try to get revenge on the Titans for you, Ravens fans. And um, come on, y'all. You want to get on the bandwagon with us? You going to join us? Come on, Andy Reid fans, where you at? All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, uh, and some of you, you know, you were so stressed out watching the game last night that it turned into a fight in your home. And we want to help you heal that. And so that's why... Uh, we do have a marriage conference coming up here at, <laughs> here at True Life. Y'all, it's okay to laugh. And some of you are like, you shouldn't have gone there. You shouldn't even have brought it up. I will hear nothing you say the rest of the service because now I'm angry. Um, I'm sorry. I just wanted you to know I care. But you're welcome on my bandwagon. All right. Uh, <laughs> we, we do have the, our marriage conference coming up February 14th and 15th. Uh, husbands and wives, I'm trying to help you as well uh, right now by planting the seed that February 14th is an important day for married people. Some of you are like, what is it? That's what I'm trying to say. That is Valentine's Day. And uh, no better place to spend Valentine's Day than uh, working on your relationship together. And um, this has actually been growing for us over the last several years. And we join in with hundreds of churches and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, somewhere around fifteen to 20,000 people will be at, the, uh, at this conference um, in, in the Texas area at multiple campuses of Gateway Church. And then thousands more uh, through host sites like ours will be joining in on the XO simulcast. And we changed our schedule couple of years ago, or last year, uh, we now show the conference on a, on a few hours delay uh, so that you don't have to take Friday off of work. So we use an on-demand option as a host site. We start the conference Friday night, and then we go Saturday uh, during the day, and um, we provide lunch on Saturday. There are childcare options available to you. Uh, this one is not free. There is some cost associated with it for us. I do want you to know we'll lose money on the event more than likely. 
um, but, but we're okay with that. We want to invest in your marriages. Um, so, so we're just we're trying to charge enough to help us cover some of the cost of materials and food and, uh, and all those things. But this is a fantastic event. If you've never had a chance to attend the XO conference, it is wonderful. And uh, we drop the big screen down here and join in live uh, for the simulcast. And uh, there's a vow renewal in there. And uh, it's just a great event for couples. And so I want to invite you to think about being a part of that, you can head over to truelife.church forward slash XO. I know you heard it in the announcements already, but I just kind of wanted to draw your attention to it. Truelife.church forward slash XO. And uh, you can sign up there, get all the details that you need uh, right there. All right, last week we kicked off this brand new series called All Things New. Really excited about this series that God started kind of putting in my heart back at the end of October and, uh, and developing for us. And there's a passage of scripture that we used last week to uh, kind of help us set the foundation of this, Isaiah 43, 18, 19. Uh, and I need your help this morning. Anything you see highlighted in yellow on this first slide, I need you to say it with me, starting with the first one. Ready? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. When is he doing it? Now. It springs up. Do you perceive it? So we, 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 we talked about this last year, that God is always doing new things. He is always working. The question is whether or not we're seeing it. Do, do, do we have the right perspective? Do we have the right viewpoint on what God is doing so that we can perceive what he is doing and what he's making new? He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I asked you this question last week. What if... 2020 isn't about God giving you new circumstances. What if it's about God developing a new you? And here's the issue. A lot of times we think, oh, God, yay, you're going to make things new. That means you're going to change everything around me that I don't like. That's not usually what God does. In fact, I am 100% convinced of this, that the thing in my life, the thing in my world that God wants to change the most in 2020 is me. And I'm convinced in your life, the thing that God wants to change the most in 2020 is you. Can I hear an amen this morning? It, it really is. And so it's not that he won't ever change your circumstances. He does. He does change our circumstances sometimes. Sometimes he works miracles. Sometimes he blesses us in ways that we can't even comprehend. And thank God for those moments where our heavenly father says, I want to do something for my kids. But more than any of that, the thing that God is, is most committed to is a, a transformation of our lives from the inside out. I'm so thankful for this. I don't know if you realize this, but Christianity, following Jesus, is not a behavior modification program. It is not a religion where you check off boxes to try to become uh, acceptable to God. You became acceptable to God the day you entered into relationship with Jesus Christ, the day you received his salvation and understood that he paid the price for my sin on the cross and made eternity a reality for me, and you could never do anything to earn that. Amen? All right? But the, another thing happened on that day. The moment you enter into relationship with Jesus Christ, he begins a process of working on our lives from the inside out. And this is where a lot of us get it backwards. We think change happens from the outside in. That if I can get my behavior to change enough, I'll be more acceptable to God. No, what God wants is more of your heart so that he can give you his desires, his purpose, his calling, which will in turn change our thinking and the way we see life and the way we process the world around us, which will in turn change our habits and our behaviors. It's not from the behaviors in, it's from the heart out. Y'all get that this morning? And so I shared with you last week that if God is gonna create 
a new me in 2020, there's really three things that he's going to do to do that. He's going to make that change from the inside out, starting with a new heart. Then it's going to move to my mind, a new mind. And then it's going to move to my, my habits, new habits. Is this working or are you guys having to do it from back there? I can't even see it through the lights. What am I, I don't even know why am I asking. It is, is it, hey tech, can you tell me, are you doing it for me or am I doing it? I can't see you. All right, whatever. Um, edit that out of the video, somebody. All right. All right, so um, how do we get the heart of God? I shared these three things with you last week, and then I told you we'll spend the next three weeks talking about these three things. So today we're going to talk about the heart. We're not going to talk about habits first, because our habits won't change until our thinking changes, and our thinking won't change until God has our heart. Y'all should have amen a little louder on that one. Come on, we won't talk about our habits first, because our behaviors won't change until our thinking changes, and our thinking changes can't change until God has our heart. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, I want to give you a little snapshot of what we talked about during our very first ever First Wednesday this last Wednesday night. And I want to thank so many of you for showing up. I was overwhelmed by how well that was attended. And my wife and I, we're talking afterwards, and we really actually believe there is a there is a spiritual hunger going on in our church, and, um, and I, I want to thank you for showing up to that. And God moved in a pretty powerful way, and, uh, and I enjoyed the opportunity to go outside of the Sunday framework where we're on a tight schedule and all that and went layers deep. We talked about prayer and fasting and, and, uh, and really studied what the, some things that Jesus had to say about that, and uh, it, it is available online. You can go back and, and, and watch First Wednesday if you missed that. I, I want to give you just a little tiny piece of what we talked about uh, at First Wednesday, which was that the, the issue that keeps us from experiencing all that God wants for us is that we become disconnected from God and too connected to other things. So we're, we become disconnected from God and too connected to the world around us. And there's a passage in Matthew where the, the disciples were trying to cast a demon out of a boy, and uh, they can't do it. And Jesus gets a little frustrated. He says, how long do I have to hang around this unbelieving and perverse generation? He gives them two problems, unbelief and perverse. And, uh, and so we talked about that unbelief comes from a lack of connection to God. And, and, and perverse, is, it's like a, our thinking and our perception of what God can do comes from being too connected to other things. And he gives us these two problems, but then he also gives us two solutions. How do we deal with uh, not being connected enough to God. Well, write it down in your notes that prayer is the thing that connects us to God. If, so, so if I'm not connected enough to God, how do I solve that problem, everybody? Prayer. I ask you again, it's not a trick question, it's right there. If I'm disconnected from God, how do I solve that problem? Prayer, prayer all right? Prayer helps us connect to God. And then I hope that you would consider participating right now in this season of 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're in, because fasting will help you disconnect from all the junk in your life that you are a little bit too connected to. And, uh, and we talked about last week that you are three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And all three of those parts are fighting for control of your life. And it's the spirit of God that really needs to be in control in our lives. Amen, everyone? Right? So... How do I decide what type of fasting I should have in my life? Well, you need to figure out what it is that is, is mo- most likely to rob dominion or control of your life from 
the Spirit of God and, and, and determine it based on that. So for some of us, there needs to be a body fast, and food really is the best way to do that if you can do it safely. You need to talk to a doctor and all those things. Uh, so a food, fa- a food fast is the best for me. It's the most effective form of fasting for me to help the Spirit of God stay in control of my, to discon- because the thing I need to disconnect from in the world the most is physical cravings. That is my, that is my weak spot. Uh, for, but but the, the soul, our mind, will, and emotions, for some of us, you need to have a soul fast, which is why maybe you need to consider staying away from certain types of media or, or giving up social media for 21 days. Or, or like Wednesday night, I encourage you, maybe, maybe at work for the next 21 days, you stay away from the break room and the water cooler where you always get drug into conversations that you really probably shouldn't be a part of and aren't God honoring. Come on, y'all. Right? Because our soul is what creates our connection to people, our mind, our will, and our emotions. So maybe you need to spend that time in the car with your Bible or, or somewhere else and have a, have a soul fast. Because fasting dis- disconnects us from the things in our life that we're a little bit too connected to. So today we're going to lean into prayer. and Because prayer really is how I develop a new heart. It's really how, kind of almost like a, and I don't mean your physical heart, obviously. I mean your, your desires, your you're calling, you're, it's, it's that thing inside of you that it's almost like an intangible. For me, my, but my heart is where this thing that I have called my holy discontent lives. It's the thing that God, I know God has called me to this and I've got to accomplish this with my life somehow. This, this life is a, a vapor, it's a mist, it's, gonna, it's not gonna last forever and somehow before I leave this world, there's this holy discontent that I've gotta pursue this thing and I've gotta do this thing that God has placed in me. That's, that's, it's the heart of God that it's what he's woke up in my life. Does that make sense to you? Yes? Y'all awake? Come on. It's, it's, so we gotta get the heart of God and prayer is how we develop the heart of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says what? Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So the apostle Paul is saying don't don't just pray when you're in a crisis. Don't just pray when you need something. God is not our cosmic Santa Claus. That's not who he is. Prayer, Prayer is not for us to list our needs to him. It's for us to develop our relationship with him. It's how we develop our relationship with him. I, 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 my wife and I, we share the same heart with each other. Why? Because we spend time with each other. And so I know what she likes and what she doesn't like. I know what, I know what makes her feel joyful and I know what makes her feel sadness. And by the way, we both, uh, as soon as we woke up this morning, I rolled over and I said, you see the score? Because uh, we know this might mean Kansas City hosts another playoff game. So I'm sorry, Ravens fans. I don't mean to keep bringing it up but kind of happy. All right. So, so it's our conversation with each other that brings closeness in our hearts. The same thing happens in prayer. It brings closeness to the heart of God. The, the Apostle Paul says this in the book of Romans, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Because sometimes we don't even know what we ought to pray for. Anybody ever been in that part? Like things in your life are just so chaotic, you don't even know how to pray. Can I tell you? The more time you spend in conversation with God, the more familiar you'll become with his spirit, the more in tune you'll become with his voice. And then you won't even, you won't even have to know what to pray because the spirit of God will, will step in. It says, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And so what I want to do is 
I want to take the rest of the time we have together this morning, and I want to try to make the case for prayer in your life. Because I just, I feel like so many times when we talk about prayer in church, there's almost like this eye roll, like, oh, because so many people have, have tried it. They think, well, I just never feel anything when I pray, or God doesn't always answer my prayers. And, and I just want to stop, and I want to say, yes, he does. He always answers your prayers. He just may not answer them with the answer you wanted. I heard one time when I was a kid, this really helped me when I was a teenager, somebody said, God always answers every prayer one of three ways, yes, no, or wait. <laughs> yes, no, or wait. And so some of us think, man, God's not answering my prayers. Yes, he is. You, you may not be satisfied with his answer, but he is answering your prayers. And that's where faith comes in. So oftentimes when God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want, then we say, well, then he must not love me and he must not care or he must not even be there. He must not even be listening. Well, if, if he said yes to every single thing exactly the way you want it, that would make you God, not him God. And it would remove the need for faith. All right? And so what I want to do is I want to help you see how if you will commit to a lifestyle of prayer, and by prayer, I don't mean reciting the same thing over and over. In fact, there, there are some uh, little blue books that say pray first on them. They're available at our info desk for free. Stop by and grab one. It gives you several models of prayer to work through to help you develop a prayer life. But if, if you will commit to a lifestyle of having regular conversation with God, which means you might have to stop having some conversation with other things. That's where fasting comes in. So I, I, I might need to turn off the talk radio. I might need to turn off the radio altogether. I might need to take a break from watching my favorite news station. I might need to put down my phone. I might need to take a break from social media. I, I might have to change some of my friendship or relationship habits. And what I would really encourage is go get extreme on that during a, a season of prayer and fasting. You don't need to stay extreme on it for your whole life. But during a season of prayer and fasting, really lock in to disconnecting from the world and connecting to God through prayer so that he can help you develop a healthy craving, a healthy yearning for his spirit that carries on throughout the rest of the year for you. And that's how he creates a new heart in us. Are we tracking? All right. So I'm going to make the case for prayer this morning, and I'm going to tell you what will happen in your life if, if you will commit to a lifestyle of prayer and having regular conversation with God. And here's the first thing that will happen in your life through prayer, is you'll find that prayer actually replaces worry. How many would like to worry less? You know, God doesn't want you worrying. He doesn't want you feeling insecure and anxious about tomorrow. God wants you confident that he already has tomorrow handled. That he's, he already, know, he, listen, he already knows what's coming. He already knows. And he's already working on a plan to help you deal with what's coming. Can I hear an amen this morning? And, and so the, the more I talk to God, the less I worry about what the future holds. The less I talk to God, the more I worry about what the future holds. Because if I'm not talking to God, then I don't, 
then I don't have his spirit inside of me constantly reminding me, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got, I got that, I got that, I got, just listen to me, I'll tell you how to handle that. That's what he does. Are y'all, come on. Like some of you, you're, you're, you're stressing out over like a financial hurdle that you've got to get over. And maybe it's even a, a consequence of some of your own choices. I'm not saying that if you pray enough, God will give you the winning lottery ticket numbers. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what I am saying is, if, you will, if you'll spend time with God, he'll give you a plan to find your way out of that mess that you got yourself into. Amen? So Philippians 4, 6 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by, come on, we're not going to be anxious about anything. In every situation by, we'll finish the rest of that passage in a little bit. I want you to see the next one, Philippians 4, 6 in the message. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, what am I going to do? Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into, oh man, that's good. So when I feel worry and anxiety creeping up, what should be my first response? I'm going to go talk to God about this. If, if, if some of us could, if, man, if we could learn how to run to God instead of running to Facebook. If we could learn to run to God instead of running to the, the person who has become your personal garbage can who lets you complain all the time. And you know what God's going to do eventually is he's going to teach that person how to have some healthy boundaries and you're not going to have a garbage can anymore. He's going to force you to learn how to pray. He's going he's to make it happen in your life. He, so our worries should be shaped into prayers, letting God know your concerns. That's why we have a simple saying around here. Before you do anything else, pray first. Come on, everybody say these words with me. Pray first before, before anything else. Let my response to every situation be to pray first. Because in prayer, I can say, God, how would you respond to this? Give me your heart on this issue. Lord, my husband told me he would wash the dishes. And I think he and I have very different definitions of clean dishes. And right now, Lord, I would kind of like to sleep into the bedroom while he's sleeping. And, um, and, and um, maybe wake him up in a very unpleasant way. Just to let him know how unhappy I am. With I'm not speaking from personal existence or anything here. That's not what this is. I'm actually speaking from marriage counseling experience, uh, some of the stories I've heard, some of y'all seriously need to pray first. <laughs> Can I hear an amen? So Lord, give me your heart. My, my spouse has sinned against me, and I really want retribution. I really want to get even. I really want to win this fight. And you know what will happen if you begin to pray is the Holy Spirit will remind you, yeah, you sinned against me too. You sinned against your God too. But you know what he did is he, he sent his son. He sacrificed. He served. He gave grace and, mar and mercy. He withheld what you deserved and instead gave you goodness you did not deserve. Oh, come on, y'all. So we learn to pray first. In every situation, we pray 
first. So prayer will replace worry in our lives. Prayer will also uh, help us to, to relinquish control in our lives. And, and, and I, think, I think 100% of human beings on some level want control. We kind of want control of our lives. That's that battle between body, soul, and spirit. Some of us more than others. Some of us are a little more control freak than others are. Come on, where are all my control freaks at in the room? Right? Yeah, you're, in fact, some of you, are, you're bothered that you can't control my screen right now. Like, you're like, I should do that. That should be my job. <laughs> Prayer will cause us to let go. It will relinquish control in our lives. That's why the rest of that passage, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to who? God. To God. And the peace of God. So you don't need to be grasping for control of everything. Take it to the Lord and let him, let him give you some peace. Let him, let him replace that need for control with some peace, which transcends all understanding. And it's going to guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Can I just have an ADD moment? Isn't it weird that the air conditioning is having to run in January? What? Like, I kind of want to be in control of the weather right now. This is wrong. This is not right. And I like snow, y'all. I know that some of you just stopped liking me just now. You're like, time for a new church. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. I heard the air kick on and something inside of me. <laughs> Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Prayer will help us deal with worry and it'll help us deal with our need to be in control. Here's the third thing that prayer will do for you is it'll help you with your thinking. It'll actually regulate your thinking. Uh, this is why I, we always tell people, hey, if you're angry at someone, make your first response to pray for them. Because it's hard to stay mad at somebody you're praying for. It really is. It's hard to stay mad. So you pray for them. And what will happen is your heart of anger will be, praised, be replaced with God's heart of grace and mercy towards the person that you're angry at. It, it just, it helps us get our thinking leveled out and straightened out. Some of, some of us are just going in circles in our mind about the things in our lives. And that's why in Philippians 4, 8, Paul says, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever is lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about that stuff. Set your mind and your heart on that stuff. Col Colossians says this, think about the things of Come on, y'all. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So, like, can I, it's, it's that time of the, of the cycle in, our, in American life. And some, some of you are losing sleep over who's going to be the next president. You're already, like, you're just so, and we, and we convince ourselves of these things like, I hear it every four years. I hear the exact same line. This is the most, this is the most important election in the history of the United States of America. This will determine the direction of our country for years to come. And I think, duh, it will, it will determine the direction of our country for the next four years. It happens every four years, everybody. And guess, guess what? 
Guess what doesn't change every four years? God is still on the throne. Y'all aren't liking me right now. Guess who's still in control every four years? So relax. Relax. Stop thinking about the things of earth and how the things of this world are going to solve all your problems or ruin your life. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have any involvement in the political process. Pray, read the word, let it shape your ideology, and go vote. You should participate. You should go vote. But all of this angst and anger and worry and panic that we stir up during these seasons and of the American cycle is just, it just disgusts me because it shows that we don't really put our faith in the thing we put our faith in. Am I preaching at you this morning? And that goes for those of you on that side of the aisle and those of you on that side of the aisle and those of you that don't know what the aisle is. All right. Here's, here's the fourth thing. Prayer will, it'll, it'll reveal contentment in my life. So I, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to convince, my things sometime, convince myself sometimes that I need things that I don't really need. In fact, I had a conversation with somebody one time, and they, they said these exact words to me. If I, if, I, if I want it bad enough, can't I want it so bad that it becomes a need? And I thought, no. That is the exact opposite of how it works. You know, you have some needs. But we, especially in our society, we really convince ourselves that we need something. Right? I need, I need the, the, all of the marketing is about to hit that you, before the Super Bowl, you need a new TV to watch it on. Your party will not be successful without a new screen. You need it. No, you want it. And by the way, it's okay to want things. God never makes us feel guilty about wanting things. But don't lie to yourself. Can I hear an amen this morning? Tell yourself that you, I don't, that's not a need, but I'd like to have it. God, is it okay with you if I go get that for myself? Happy New Year me. And hey, if you're managing your money wisely and you're a good steward and you've budgeted well and you've got margin and you don't feel any conviction in your heart, go get it. God's okay with you enjoying your life. He really is. You don't need to be wound up in guilt about that. But just be ready. If you say, hey, God, is it okay if I go get that for myself? He might say, I mean, you, you can but remember I gave you a heart for, uh, remember I gave you a heart for those kids in Eswatini. Or, or remember, there's going to be that special needs egg hunt coming up at your church. Do you want to help fund that? Or You can, but remember on, the, on your way to work, you've been, you've been seeing that guy that doesn't have anywhere to sleep and, and I've been tugging at your heart to bless him. So I'd, I'd rather you do, just, and then we go, you know what, God, you're right. I could be content with what I have. I've actually got a lot more than, than most. Can I hear an amen? 
And that's why Paul says in, in Philippians, I know what it is to be in need. I've been there. I also know what it is to not need anything. And I have learned the secret. It's the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. 20, Psalm 23, one says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have, everybody say it, all that I need. And, and prayer helps us see that God's already met our needs, that he's, that he's already in the process of taking care of us. You may not have everything you want, but if you made it here today, there's a pretty good chance that God is already at work in your life meeting some of your needs. And so, so prayer reveals, it helps me be content, not get caught up in the speed of this life and start convincing myself that I need more than I actually need. And here's the last one. What prayer will do is it will, it will determine who I really depend on. Prayer, prayer helps me re- put my reliance, my dependence on God. Which, by the way, is, is one of the most important parts of prayer. Is it helps me remember that I don't, I'm, not, look, I'm not depending on my own skills my own talents. I'm not dependent on my title or my degree or my, my promotions or the awards that I've won, the certificates hanging on my wall. I don't, I don't depend on any of that. I rely on God. God is my source. He's the one that I depend on. He's the one that meets my needs and takes care of me. And that's why I love this passage of scripture, Philippians 4.13. I can do how much? everything through him who gives me strength. And listen, through prayer, that passage can become a reality in your life. And you, 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 you want to start walking with a, not an arrogance, but a holy confidence in your life where you can just, man, God, God's got this. God is, he's got it prayer. That's how we develop that confidence in him. Philippians 419, and my God will meet all your needs, all of them, according to his glorious riches. How many know he's not lacking for anything? He's got it all. He's got it all. He's got, that's why uh, pastors have a joke when we're talking about things in our, our church, our ministry, especially if we've got building programs going on. Those are always very expensive. So I'll hang out with pastors. I'll say, how's it going? How's your building project going? It's, it's going mostly good. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that our Heavenly Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills, which means he's rich. So we'll always joke, I just need him to sell a few cows and send me the money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just sell, God, I just need you to sell a few. But how many know he's not lacking? He's got it. He's got it all. And that's why those who... Trust the Lord will be what? Joyful. Through prayer, through prayer, I can learn how to rely on God instead of relying on myself. And that's why we'll wrap it up by saying this. Prayer doesn't move God toward me. Prayer actually moves me toward God. Prayer doesn't move God toward us. Prayer moves us 
toward God. Hey, y'all, God doesn't change. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not moving. The issue is we often move. We're, we're the ones who get distracted. We're the ones who get our eyes on other things. And he's standing over here going, just waiting for you to come back. Just waiting for you to return to me. Whenever you're done with that little thing that's distracted you, that's got your attention right now, I'll be right here. My plan for your life hasn't changed. My love for you hasn't changed. Just come on back whenever you're ready. Why don't you stand to your feet all across the room? We're going to close with a moment of prayer. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to get you out of here right on time, all right? In fact, I may have you out of here a tad bit ahead of schedule. Let's just have a moment of prayer. Heads bowed, eyes closed. And you know, our initial connection to God happens through prayer. It's what we call the salvation prayer. God, I need a relationship with you. And I believe you sent your son Jesus to make that possible. He died on the cross. He took the wrath and the penalty of sin upon himself once and for all. For all of my mistakes, past, present, future. And you executed your wrath once and for all in that moment. And then three days later, he rose from the dead to show that he's conquered the power of that sin and that he is in control and that he is the king. And defeated death, hell, and the grave. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And God, I want you to be in control of my life. That that initial connection to God happens through what we call a, a conversion prayer, salvation prayer. And so I want to speak to those of you in the room who've maybe never prayed that prayer. Maybe you never even realized it's a relationship that God wants. That he's not trying to get you to follow a bunch of rules. This is not a behavior modification program. This is a relationship where he changes you from the inside out. And listen, that first prayer is important because it's what helps us develop all the prayers that come after that. So heads bowed, eyes closed. Don't look around. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you. I just want to know if you would say, hey, Michael, I need to pray that very first prayer today and establish my connection with God. Would you just wave at me? Let me know you're in the room. Again, I won't, I'm not going to call you to the front. I just want to know you're here. You say, hey, Michael, that's me. I need to have that initial connection to God, and I, and I don't have that right now. Just wave your hand at me real quick. Anybody in the room? I see it. I see it. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just real fast. I see it. Good job. Thank you so much. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And our whole church is going to say this prayer with you. Not because we need to say it over and over again, because it's kind of fun for us to welcome you into the family, into the body of Christ. And you're not joining a church today. That's not what you're doing. You're establishing a relationship with God. Now, I think you need a church. It should be one of your next steps. And I'm biased. I think this is a good option. But you're establishing your connection to your Heavenly Father this morning. So come on, say this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you paid the price for my sins. And I'm sorry that I've been living life my own way, disconnected from you. But today, I surrender. I ask your forgiveness 
I ask you to take over, to become the king and the Lord of my life. Today, I'm establishing a connection, a relationship with you. And from this day on, my life's never going to be the same. From this day on, I belong to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. And thank you that I can have a connection with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate true life as heaven grows. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to pray a prayer over all of us before we go, just about that connection with God, that God would stir up in us a desire to connect with him through prayer. But before I do, 100% of you, I, I, I would love it, especially during this season of prayer and fasting, if you haven't done it yet, at every single seat is a connection card. And we're praying for your, your, your needs and, the, and your requests during this season. So if you have one, fill out a connection card, write your prayer request on the back. Uh, if you're looking for how do I get connected or maybe I want to lead a small group or how do I get into a small group when that semester starts, let us know on the card. Maybe you want more information on life track or how to become a member here. Or maybe you prayed that prayer today uh, for the very first time and you began your walk with Jesus. Check that box and let us know and, and we just want to send you some resources, help you with your next step. Amen? All right, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Let me pray a prayer, a blessing over your life, and then we're going to worship one last time before we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the connection I can have with you through prayer. I thank you that, that you are constantly shaping my heart, my desires, my wants. That you're, you're constantly working on me from the inside out. And God, I pray for each and every person in this room today that you would help us to get a new heart through our connection to you through prayer. Some of us have been so intimidated by the word prayer. Some of us have been given bad definitions or we've developed our own misinterpretations on our own. And God, I pray today that there would be a fresh hunger in us just to talk with you. God, help us to quiet the noise in our lives, maybe, maybe through fasting for some of us, to disconnect for some, from some other things and learn what it means to really connect with you so that we can have your heart, your desires, your plans, your passions. We wanna want what you want. We wanna stay away from the things that you don't want. So God, help us to connect with you through prayer. And I thank you for the way you're going to bless each and every person's life as we do that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus the best praise we can this morning. God bless y'all. See you next weekend.